Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast for the recently deceased. I am Nate Roberts. I am Rodney Godek. How you doing, brother? I am doing very well. Um, this is a fun week. Uh, I got to watch Orphan First Kill, uh, which we're going to talk about uh, tonight. But I also got to rewatch Orphan uh, for actually the second time. I had only seen it once. Um, and really? Yeah. Yeah. So I was reminded of how good it was. Uh, in comparison to how bad the sequel was, <laughs> the prequel was. Sure, the the prequel. Uh, that's fair. Uh, this was my first viewing of Orphan. I had not seen it in 2009 or between then and now, and so uh, I feel like I came at it with a different perspective than I would have had in 2009. But to be honest, I think that I would have felt even more strongly the way that I feel about it now. I think it would have been even more vehemently anti-orphan uh, back then because I guess I was really getting into horror by then and brushing up on all kinds of older stuff that, or hidden gems of the genre that weren't as widely known or distributed. I was mm-hmm. eating all that stuff up. And so something like this that was more of a mainstream type told story as unique as it was uh, i think it still had that sheen of a summary blockbustery studio film you know right right um yeah it definitely uh was an a film like an a film an a-list film vera farmiga who you know we know and love uh from all the james wan stuff uh playing the mother um was awesome you know, it's it's just too bad they didn't get Patrick Wilson to play the husband, because <laughs> that would have been fun. That was just would have tickled me pink. I I would have loved it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, we've got a lot to discuss. I think that tonight will be fun. Uh, we both are strongly opinionated about each of these films in different yes, ways, absolutely. and it's sort of the talk of the town. Um. The yeah, the internet's going crazy being, for Orphan First Kill, and uh, yeah. it's hard to tell why exactly. Um, when you know you watch Orphan First Kill, as I said earlier, it, it Orphan uh, is like a horror film, and Orphan First Kill is like a horror movie in that uh, it felt more like a bad child's play sequel that didn't have Chucky in it than it felt like uh, the original. Um, they, they they steered very far away from the atmosphere. There was very little suspense. Um, it was more like a like an action slasher. Um, there was very little tension, right? Um, so, yeah. So it's, for, it's so odd. It, I think it falls victim to, like, you know, taking an existing IP, an existing um, what... I've heard some people describe as a uh, like a cult classic or slasher. Or the wall of slasherdom is where um, Esther belongs, and that's just lunacy. But at any rate, it takes what was done before, and it does a bit of a disservice. You know, we just had Prey. That um, was that last week. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it? No, Resurrection no. was last week. Resurrection. Two weeks ago, we did Prey where it knows the source material and it respects and honors it and kind of does new things, but still keeps the spirit of it alive. And this film, it sort of was hindered in a way, or at least had um, 
was hampered by the fact that it was never going to be able to compete with the reveal from the original. Right. That reveal slash twist was so unique and creative at that time that you can't do that again. And so I feel like the whole film was like, okay, well, what are we going to do that's going to be our thing and different or unique? Yeah. I, I mean, think they... they're so focused on that that they didn't re- remember the reveal from the first one. Like, no, that's knowing that now is what should make all of what's going to happen a ton of fun. And you should just right. lean into that and the absurdity of it, the camp of it, the B of it, and yeah. just go, you know, balls to the wall with playing with that. Yeah. And they just, they, but they didn't. They played it safe, almost as if, you know, you know it, but most characters have to pretend they don't. And we'll get into the twist. I didn't want to talk yeah, about Yeah, yeah, let's not talk about the twist yet. So, yeah. uh, so there's some broad strokes um, to tell you a little bit about the show. We like to give you... Um, a uh, spoiler-free review um, in uh, a little bit of time, like a short amount of time. I wouldn't say as quickly as possible, but, um, you know, sooner than later. And then we will start a full spoiler-ridden discussion as we dive deep into the film, and maybe it's sequels, maybe it's prequels, maybe it's writers, etc., etc., directors, and so on. Um, That being said, I think... uh, Orphan First Kill, um, while trying to, as you just said, recreate the lightning in a bottle that was the original Orphan, um, in my opinion, not yours, (laughs) uh, they uh, shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again, and um, I have to land at a 5 out of 10. I would probably give this movie a four if it didn't have Isabel Furman in it. And I just, you know, I just love her so much. Uh, she's so fantastic. Um, she's the only reason to watch Orphan First Kill. Orphan is a fantastic movie. I own it. It should be on your shelf. Um, if you're not an Isabel Furman fan, you can skip Orphan First Kill completely. Uh, so I similarly landed at a five, uh, and I think that I rest at a five. I come at this with a different perspective. I thought that Orphan was not good. Um, I gave Orphan a four uh, for myself out of ten, four out of ten. Uh, and I felt that Orphan in general, at least looking at it now, is that it it wanted to be camp, but it was too often presenting things or describing things or shooting things or acting. The characters were acting things in such a way that was like not leaning into that, you know, that was like trying to be serious or slick or creative too often. And it was like jarring. It was like, well, which one are you trying to do? You can't do both. And then there's like nitpicky things through the, the, the story that are just like asinine to me, the way that this happens to that happens. And it's like, there's, the the suspending of uh, disbelief, of course, but there's just too many affronts to that that took me out of the movie that made me just like look at it as an outsider. I didn't get sucked in, like I wasn't immersed. I was just like I was analyzing it the whole time, and maybe I brought a little bit of like angst towards it. Like I'm gonna kind of shit on this regardless of how I feel, but I feel like I'm being pretty genuine to how I feel though. 
I'm just nitpicking maybe a little harder. So I suppose if you were to take my four, at most it would probably go up to would be a six if I try to look at it a little bit differently, less emotionally or less annoyed or frustrated. Maybe a six, maybe, but it's a four for me. So first kill, yes, it lands at a five. And there's so many reasons why, and I want to discuss all of those with you because uh, the similarities from the original, where they parted ways and things that they did different and better, there's a lot to talk about. And it's, it's a fun thing to talk about because in in the end both these films can be fun and you can watch them uh and have have a good time they're both watchable movies that's not giving much praise but i don't know i I don't know how you're giving orphan first kill a higher score than the original orphan but we'll find out um (laughs) i think uh i think right there was the spoiler warning um uh, from here on out, if you haven't seen Orphan First Kill, uh, go watch it before you come. Or Orphan, because, I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah. Orphan, Definitely you know, watch one, both, you yeah. To, yeah, you got to see Orphan before you see Orphan First Kill, and what we're going to talk about will ruin Orphan and then turn no. ruin First Kill, so yeah. go watch them. If you Absolutely watch Orphan first. This is not a situation where you can watch the prequel and first or even try to watch it in chronological yeah. order. Yeah, you'll be paranoid. So, okay. so uh, you want to give the tagline? We didn't do that yet. Why don't yeah. we do that now, and then we'll get into it. Sure. Um, Orphan First Kill. After orchestrating a brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility, Esther travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. Directed by wow. William Brent Bell. Written by David Kogashal. Uh, starring Isabel Furman, Julia Stiles, and Rossif Sutherland. So I'm going to stop them right there. A brilliant escape. A brilliant escape? <laughs> How that about is... an escape that requires the dumbest fucking psychiatric facility runners in the history and an art teacher that is a complete dumb fuck? And a somehow trained psychopath who kills for candy? <laughs> Itty. I, I Itty. think I, I rolled my eyes like, Three times during a that ton. that escape, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, this is how the movie starts. Okay, yeah, I know. It was here very we go. Yeah. So, so in and you know, this is taking place at the the Saren Institute, which is the Bible that she has in the first right. movie. It's like, ooh, we get to see what things are like, and it's like at first they make it seem very serious and very secure. The art teacher comes in and she's going to do art therapy for the patients, and the guy's really thankful, and he's like, oh. You're replacing the person that just died. Cool. And she's like, what? The, what? Okay. Yeah. And then lockdown. Guess what? She's locked down with fucking Esther. Of yeah. course. Of course. I mean, it, it's it's 90 minutes. The original Orphan was two hours and two minutes. The, these yes. movies. These oh, movies, my God. So, so long and really, really. Oh, these, my God. These that movies are painful. These movies are very, very different. Um the yeah. or, the original took a ton of time with character development and its side stories and B plots. This movie, this Orphan First Kill, didn't have a B plot. It was literally just like action beat, action beat, action beat, twist, action yeah. beat, cl- action beat, climax, and that's the movie. Um, which is generally, I mean, okay, like that's a, that's a popcorn movie, popcorn horror, whatever. Like I'd enjoy that. Um, right, on, but it doesn't turn. It doesn't start hitting the gas it's idling until halfway when the the reveal happens 
Right, right. There's okay. nothing inspiring or exciting about it until that point. And then right. and that point happens. It's like, okay, it can, it's starting to be fun. But then I'm like, oh, it's, it's over already. Like, I got that for maybe 30 minutes top. It's over already? I feel like and, it happens. And the kills were disappointing. Yeah. Again, they don't – they're not like <laughs> – they're not going all into it, you know. In the in the first movie, they say that the family burned alive in a fire, and no, that's not not so much. Not so much, and and right. So that's what they're hammering. Like you know how this movie this movie is going to go go through. That's the other thing too. Yeah. Another pro yeah another problem is you know the story because the story gets told in the first movie. So so you know naturally what I would do is make. A movie that is not that story. Make it another family that she cons. Make it another anything. Why are they telling the story that gets told in the first movie? Now they have to. Well, they can't tell a different story. They can't make it like a different origin. It has to at least. But I mean, there is a period of time. The only window that they have is a period of time uh, breaking out of the facility before getting to America, or another family that was from the adoption agency, or whatever. Like. There could have been other families that occurred before or after the family that burned. Yes, absolutely, and they could have it just could have been. they could have just made one up, yeah, and just written right. a better and just written a better movie. Right. All right. So, so to what we said before the spoiler uh, section started, this movie also had to fight against the twist, and mm-hmm. and apparently its solution was to draw parallels to the original film over and over and over again and every time it did it did what the original film did only worse right <laughs> i mean okay so like which uh i mean yeah yeah all the elements that all the elements that are included in this movie that reference the original movie yeah they're not done as well right for the most part so so then again like there's no some of the things that were done in the original movie aren't done very well either so it's not like as if that's okay that's okay we're here to talk about first kill (laughs) no self-referential uh material um usually comes in the form of sequels and is usually done for like a comedic element um or or a plot device in the doing it in a prequel you got to be careful, and it does it in such a way that almost felt forced every time, shoehorned, like didn't belong. It was like, uh, the father paints with black light. No, no, no. no. <laughs> to, me, to, me, to me, that was an intelligent solution to a really dumb fucking plot device that had no purpose <laughs> or meaning whatsoever Wait, in why, the original movie. Why was she doing they that? They made it. Oh, they that's, gave it yeah, a point. That, that scene was, in the that first scene was movie, it, In the first movie, it's 100%. We want to have pretty cool glowing lights to make it eerie. It, you see this paint when the lights are on, Nate. Like, it doesn't go invisible. It's right. still on the canvas, and you still yeah. see the, the, the sheen is different than all the other paints around it. You can see the fucking demons drawn on it. Yeah. And then, like, I'm sorry, but an aquarium bulb that's black light is not going to illuminate your whole room in black light so you can see all the stuff so it's like okay it's the art of it to have fun so in this room i liked that they decided to have the father because it also makes it also bridges the gap 
to the the love or the passion of lust or the desires that Esther has for the man in her life or for this man at least and and that you can see that they're making sense of why she's tormented or holds on to this as she's moving forward into the first movie I enjoyed the connection I still think it's a, a cheap little thing and like the quick little ticker of the lights to go on and off it's like okay it's a little bit hokey but I wasn't so I enjoyed that one um I think that the the temper tantrum in the airplane uh bathroom right. which was the temper tantrum in the bathroom at the psychiatrist's office yeah uh was you know it's like it's like what are you what are you guys doing like um okay the twist right so they have to come up with a twist that's as shocking as Orphan, or they're going to try. They're going to try their best. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'll give it to them that the twist was pretty good. Like I like the twist. The twist sure. was the twist was probably the best, you know, the best written thing in in the movie. Yeah, um, I was like, oh, and I looked over to to my wife, and I was like, oh, that's what she knows. She knows, right? So crazy. So the mom, yeah, the 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 mom or the wife and the older brother know that Esther is an imposter the whole time because the older brother killed Esther and the wife covered it up. Now, the yeah. father doesn't know, and the whole reason this con takes place is because him finding out the news brought him back to life, according to the wife, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's willing to put up with Esther because of what it's doing mentally uh, for the husband. And obviously, right. like, their their whole marriage is getting back together and everything is starting to feel good again. Yeah. Um, of course, the older brother is is not interested at all in playing nice. Yeah, he's, he's not interested in the, the theater of it all. He hates her and questions because here's the other thing too that's in the background of this film that's never really addressed and just is makes it more frustrating to approach who are these people right you know there's a moment in the film where julia Stiles' character uh which is trisha albright hmm, albright i don't even remember the name doesn't matter uh it matters in the sense that like her background she mentions like that her family came over on the mayflower i think like that yeah. they were part of the originators of this country and it's like your place doesn't look like that goddamn impressive like if your descendants and you're like there's no who's making the money i questioned this in the first movie too like how do you afford this lifestyle of luxury seemingly or your son is a fencing all-star uh <laughs> like they don't address it there's their house is nice but it's not nice enough where like they need you know, uh, housekeepers or maids or anything like that. Like they're not cleaning, but like it, nothing is really fleshed out. You know, it's just these wealthy people that are yes or whatever. And she's philanthropic. That's all, you know, she's philanthropic and this guy's an artist and it's like, you, you're definitely not making money off his art background. So I don't understand. I hate yeah. that. It's not fleshed out. You need right. more to understand. No, no, absolutely. There's there. Sh- the, the character development of, the first orphan is definitely lacking in first kill. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you've got the twist. So the twist is what creates like the, 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 the fun part of the movie. The, 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 yeah. The second half, which is okay. Well, Esther can start killing people now. 
because she's not hiding anymore. Um, so also something interesting about these two films is when you're watching The First Orphan, um, the protagonist is, um, is Vera Farmiga, the mother, and you are, you're along the ri- for the ride with her. Right. She, she suspects Esther. She is gaslighted by her husband and the, uh, the psychiatrist. You know, you're crazy. You're reading into things. And get out of my house and blah, blah, blah. And all these horrible things happen to her. And you're like, no, she's right. Just listen to her. Right. Get, that, get that crazy bitch out of your house. In the prequel, Esther is the protagonist. You are rooting for Esther yeah. the whole time. She's the hero of the movie. Uh, well, one, you know she survives because it's a prequel. So the prequel has those inherent flaws that you have to deal with. Yeah. But when you get the twist, oh, these are bad people, and Esther's gonna do some cleaning up, <laughs> right? Like. Yeah, and it's gonna be and it's gonna be fun. And it's gonna be entertaining. You can't wait for her to do it. But there's only two people, and it's like there's how, only how, two better, people. You better uh, fill it up, and make it exciting, and uh, oh no, don't. there's a detective. He's on the case. Right. Oh my yeah. god, three kills besides the stupid escape in the beginning. But that's like, but that's the thing. Like that reveal doesn't happen until way far into the movie. Yeah. Up to that point, like you said, the twist is unique. The no ha- having no backstory, that angers you. For yeah. the whole first half of the movie, because you're like, why the shit is is the mother and son so not on board? Why are they not acting like this is their long lost daughter? Right. Like maybe that would like make you like be like, hmm, there's something amiss, but it doesn't because they're playing it so straight. There's no wink or no subtlety yeah. to to like clue you in like that something's off with them. It's just. No, they're they seem like shitty people. Or you, the only thing you could connect, like, oh, they're so wealthy and posh, like they probably have a detached relationship, anyways. You're left aimless, and it's not until that that drop happens, and then you're like, oh, that's awesome. I hate those people because I hated them before because they didn't seem to like her, and now I hate them because they killed their own daughter. Oh my god, this is gonna be fun, but it's too too little, too late. Yeah, there's still almost half of a movie left, but. I don't, you've already taken me out of it and I'm not excited for it. I'll watch it. You're going to have to do a lot to pull me back in. And I don't think it ever does. Right. It definitely doesn't. And especially when the kills start, they're, they're not good. They're just, it was, it was such, it was like a rush. It was Julius Stiles at the end. That was like the only cool, like little visual excitement. And it was kind of, it was, you know, this much of the screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, right, but then, but then yeah. the and then the father died the exact same way. Like, you're gonna kill the only like two of the three people that you have to kill in this movie the exact same way within five seconds of each other. Like, what? Like, there's no chase. Like, he could have at least chased her around the house. In the first movie, it yeah. says they died in a house fire. They both yeah, well, they both splatted on the pavement. Yeah. That is not no dying knows. in a house fire. No one died in the house. Fire. No one died in the house fire. <laughs> Again, not that you have to follow that, but that's the other thing. It's just like, uh, I mean, they're just not uh, doing enough to pull you in. You know the twist. You know that she's an adult. 
you should be hyping that up and having fun, doing all kinds of crazy things with her where she's in situations where she has to be a certain way or is a certain way, or she's doing nefarious deeds. And it's like, maybe what's frustrating is because you know the twist. So like, just do that, have fun with that. And they do it so little in this movie. Like it's only for a short period of time where the mother plays her hand and it's after it's already halfway gone. And where she does the thing with the with the rat, which is again another thing that's just so stupid. And and here's the one other thing, the big thing I hate about this, Nate. She's an expert con artist. They said in the facility she's under right. lockdown, and they have such high standards of security because she is a mastermind. And you see it at the beginning because she has seduced one of the guards, the guards, and yeah. has made him buy her something, so that. And then he's going to like come in and she's going to like get intimate with him. And then she bashes his head. That was an awesome, that scene was awesome start. Right. Everything about how the escape happens is not, that was a good hook though. Uh, so they, and they just let it go. There's no more her doing all the, like if she's an expert car artist, like she acts like this is her first time. She's on the plane with the mother and they're talking about the therapy thing, and she or the, she has a photo of the grandmother, and she lets it slip, like, I can't wait to see her. And I was like, well, she's dead. And so it's like, okay. She, and then she goes and gets a bottle of vodka, pounds it in the in the restroom, and then, like, freaks out, has her little panic uh, tantrum. And it's like, I thought she was an expert fucking conman. You don't think that a conman would, like, not pl- overplay their hand and, like, it's an old person. Yeah. There's a good chance that person's not with us anymore. You right, have right. been missing yeah, for X yeah. years. Why would you say that? That's not real. Yeah. It's the same thing in the uh, therapist's office when she talks to the parrot. Yeah. I, oh, and that's the other thing, too. Julia Stiles, there's a scene where she lectures her on the bed about the difference between a parrot and a macaw. And I yeah. think she's like, all parrot, all macaws are parrots, but not all not parrots, all parrots are, macaws. are macaws. You you fucking idiot. And I'm like, this is, is this a real movie right now? Like, it's yeah. like that, I guess was maybe fun. B camp, like absurdity, but I can't believe they actually did that. Like it was kind of like just annoyingly dumb, like <laughs> a waste of a scene. Right. Right. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if we want to talk about the performances too, like, you know, Julia Stiles, you know, she's hit or miss for me, but she definitely missed in this movie. Uh, the, the older brother was annoying. The, the father was, was a good dick. Like he definitely played like an oh, absolute. Yeah. He was like uh, Joffrey in Game of Thrones. Like you didn't like you him. You didn't like him. Yeah, the, so the I fa- think he was the, good in that regard. Yeah, the father was kind of throwaway. Like once again, you know, Isabel Furman only like the only reason to watch the movie. Um, yeah, he reminds me of uh, what's his name's uh, brother from uh, from Everybody Loves Raymond. Big doofy guy. Oh, Brad Garrett. <laughs> Brad, Brad Garrett. He kind of yeah, gave yeah, me Brad yeah. Garrett vibes a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just like walks around the scene and has like one line he gets to it eventually in his own time you know yeah <laughs> yeah i mean the it's just so the twist being so late is, is just the biggest disservice because you know she's playing this part and so do more have more scenes where there's interactions where she has to you know she relies on that or she uses that to an advantage or there's an interesting situation that she's in where she has to do something or get out of a an ordeal get, get where her she to, can't be exposed in some kind of way. Get her to America in a different way and have her find out about the missing girl, Esther, in America 
and then have her con the American police. You know, sure. make the movie a little longer. Give us something to watch. Give you know, like they. they, yeah, they the thing, uh, I'm glad that it was not longer. If it was better uh-huh. and longer, maybe that would have been okay. But I, the first one for me was so annoyingly long. There's so much unnecessary and just shitty scenes <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> The first one is so good. Every it scene is, of that movie is, so, is good. I'll give you the five seconds they spent on her flicking that light on and off was, was a waste. But other than that, that movie was pretty fucking good. I hate it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like it at all. Like, and for me, like, it also, like, that bullet would have ricocheted off the ice and hit one of those people. It wouldn't have, like, gone through the ice. It was a too low an angle. It would have went, and yeah, when we got yeah. shot. Uh, but like well, you know, you know uh, I I I still st- I still stand by why they make a prequel. They should have made a sequel. This is horror. They didn't have. There was yeah, no body. There was no body. Yeah. I mean, I mean, all common sense points to she's dead. But like, no body. Just make a fucking yeah, sequel. <laughs> right. You could do whatever, and it would make sense a little bit. Uh. So okay. Uh, the big thing about it is, you know, she's tw- the actress is twenty five years old. Isabel Furman is twenty five. And yeah. now she's playing a ten-year-old, nine-year-old, nine-year-old. So they use a lot of camera trickery, and this is another device that it, it they want to be realistic about it, you know. Uh, but it's so it's ham-fisted at times, and it's so obvious a child body double in other yeah. times that it just pulls you out. And it's like, okay, you get that that has to happen, but it's also there. They're, they want there to be an illusion, but the illusion is so broken at times. It's like just embrace the fact that it's going to be stupid. You know, go go the route of what hot American Summer, where there's a 50 year old <laughs> Janine Garofalo playing a 16 year old Cam Counselor. You know what I, mean? like, I, I am I am no Ruth Buzzy, no Ruth Buzzy over here. <laughs> I mean, that you know. Because there's scenes where they even build a larger set, it seems, and this adult, like, yes, she is short for uh, yeah. for an adult female, but she's still an adult female, and, like, I think they show her go up to a desk, and it just it looks so comically oversized. Like, if in uh, if you've ever seen images of behind the scenes when films do this, like um, Elf with Will Ferrell, they do a lot of forced perspective in the same setting, and it works beautifully, but that's a little different situation, or, like, Gandalf in... Um, in the Shire, amongst uh, like in uh, Bilbo's uh, uh, Underhill, what is it? What's... Hobbit Hole. Yeah, I feel like it has a name. I feel bad for not knowing it, but either way, um, like there's a lot of cool images there, or like you know small items that Gandalf has to interact with, and it works. It's a little bit off sometimes, but for the most part, it works. Like here, it's just it's so exaggeratedly wrong that it just draws your attention and takes you away from you know, the idea that this is a child. It doesn't, I don't ever think that it's a child throughout the whole movie. Like yeah. only the scenes where it's clearly a child interacting with an adult and it's from the back. That's where it looks like a child, but you know, whenever you see the face, it's like, it's not a child. Yeah. So it just, it keeps pulling you in and out of the illusion, uh, breaking that, that, yeah. you know, that fee, that immersion gets broken so frequently that it's hard to go along with it. And I feel like almost wouldn't be better if they just like, 
don't address it. Like, let her just be the same height as you, but be a 10. I don't know. It might have been funnier or campier then, yeah, you know? Maybe. I saw the how uh, how Esther gets around uh, clip, or uh, it's this little, uh, this tiny little bike, like, like uh, wheelchair almost that they made for her that she sits on and makes her shorter, and it just, like, zooms around the floor, so... I don't know, maybe she has to, like, move her head to make it look like she's actually taking steps but she's rolling around. Yeah, 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 there's a few shots where she's, like, looking around the corner. I remember seeing that in the uh, the uh, insane asylum or whatever. That was pretty neat. Yeah. Man, so uh, the there's a few other things. Like, it's, it has its under siege moment. It's, it's your, the moment of of uh daisy edgar jones looking at the at the the knives or the cell phone or the window to get her escape and fresh which i'm dawning uh this evening ah, um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it does that it, it does that in this movie with the uh the sun's crossbow scene yeah a so unnecessarily shoehorned scene that serves zero purpose zero purpose zero for the purpose. plot yeah. means nothing the only reason it's there is to be like Hey guys, there's a crossbow in this yeah. house. Yeah, it's the smoking crossbow. It, we, it's in the first act. It will get fired in the second act. <laughs> and it's so dumb. Like he's shooting a target, hanging on the thing, and his like dad's with him. Like, what? What is? What? <laughs> Why? I don't. Oh. Uh, so there's that, which was insane. And there's two other things that like I, I want to nitpick and like bitch about. Um, using Interpol's evil in a montage of the the sun fencing at the beginning of the movie was like, why? Like, it's not a new song. It might have been, like, at all. It's very old. It's from, like, 2000 or 2001. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about and, that. And I totally forgot painting. about it. Yeah. And it's so, like, out of place. And I guess it's like, okay, evil, like, is that meant to just, like, be a subtle reference to to them being off or to him being weird. It's like I kind of get that. Like he's a he's a fucking fancy prick that fences. Like I already hate this kid. You don't have to say anything more. He's taking fencing seriously. That's all I need to know. I don't like this character. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? That's bizarre. Uh, like it could have been anything. You could have done. Like and again. He breaks his epe in that fight, and guess what? The epe comes back at the end of the movie. Epe is a fencing sword yes. for those of the, the viewing <laughs> audience that might not be aware in the uh, the highbrow art of fencing. Uh, and then the the rat. What is this rat? Oh, her buddy, her best, her friend there. I thought... I'm supposed to believe that this house, in all of its beauty and splendor, and poshness has a rat that just goes through her air duct into her room and eats mac and cheese <laughs> and dies. Well, that was that. I mean, that's, that's the inciting incident though. Like when that I happens, know, she's know, like, where... Oh, she tried to kill me. Oh, it's on. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's just, it's uh, asinine. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the, it was all over. The movie is literally all over the place, and it I don't even know. Uh, and then, <laughs> so then there's a scene where, shit, where she escapes from um, their shopping or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and what does she, she try escapes, to do? She makes, this, 
she maces him and she escapes. Oh, right. well, they're and then she gets in the car and she's speeding away listening to Maniac and yeah. the cops pull her over and so then she puts on lipstick, she's smoking a cigarette, she's got shades on and she's trying to play it cool like that could have been funny like I, if you've done that a lot yeah. more of that. I think that was supposed to be funny and it was, but it, was re- it was flat. really just stupid and it completely fell flat. I'm just like when it was happening I was like this makes no sense at all. Yeah, because like, like, you're not showing any of this like over the top absurdity of her like playing with the the juxtapositioning of like being a 30 year old grown woman and in a nine year old's body. Have fun with that. We all know that that's what's happening. Put her in situations where it's it's accentuated and it's yeah. hilarious, or she makes comments that are like, "Why is a nine year old saying that or doing that?" And they don't do that at all, you know. Um, not to mention, there's stuff that they just like they just is it like important to Esther's story that they don't do like she's wearing the the neck and wrist uh things which which yeah. we get we get to see the scars in the, in the um the hospital and I, I think there was a flashback right to her like kind of tied up like that or something uh, yeah, I don't remember that memory part. or whatever yeah. maybe not um right. either way because she doesn't get them right away either way uh, it just it just gets mentioned right Right, like right. it doesn't it doesn't get interacted with at all like or you know or even talked about really except for like the the Julia Stiles has like an off comment about the stupid shit on her neck and wrist like that she that's, goes to that's... grab it she goes to grab it and uh and Esther grabs her wrist yeah and stops her from touching her and it's like okay i mean is that is that all you're going to do like in the you know in the original you've got the the like it's it's it gets talked about more it gets discussed more like it's a it's a thing and it should have been right a thing. the kids make fun of her and all this yeah. and, and she's you know she screams when the girl tries to touch her uh, in that once in the school um she you know she takes him off to use to to bathe or whatever and then she puts him back on like there's there's all sorts of stuff about Esther that kind of gets glossed over. Well, and like so, that's the other thing. Uh, you know, she's a uh, again, she's she's an ex expert con artist, uh, and she leaves this Bible with all of her fucking intentions just sitting out on top of the record player while she goes to take care of the uh, the cop that stole the record to dust for print. Which again, also that was another thing. Maybe I'm a rube, a bit of a hayseed. But I don't think that a black light illuminates fingerprints on just random objects that I touched unless I touched something significant. Is, or was I, uh, like, because that's how he finds the record. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. Did he just I, has a black light. Did I, like, stick my finger in some maple syrup and then stick it onto the record? Right. It's, like, also, it's, also, could... it's also on paper, right? It was the paper, uh, like label right, on yeah, the record. It, was the it vinyl, wasn't the yeah. record itself. Right. So like I mean it was it was it the paint from the art studio, which is kinda like uh he got really fucking lucky that she happened to have paint that there happened to be an artist that used the glow in the dark paint that she got a finger on that did, did touch the record with didn't clean her hand off and they left two perfect prints on it so they could match them like so much like what? How? Like, yeah. like you're pulling me out well, and it's it, not done and it's not done in such a way that makes it heightened to like, yes, this is absurd. We know it's absurd. 
again, we're going to mention it, and we're going to mention it in the post-show wrap-up. Uh, Malignant, we're going to mention it for a different reason. Yep. A potential. We, we are yeah. going to mention it for a different reason. Uh, <laughs> but, like, they're not shooting this movie in a way that clues you in that that's how you should perceive this movie. Yeah. It's absurd. It's dumb. It's B. It's camp. It's fun of itself. It's not good and have fun because it's not good. Like they're not trying hard or they're intentionally making it stupid. They're not doing that. Like it's too refined and crisp and serious. Yeah. And with a couple moments that are B camp for yeah. uh, moments. I agree. If they, if they went full B with the prequel, they would have made a much better film. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they, so they completely, how can you not with a premise like this, Nate? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Especially after the twist, has already yeah, you, been spoiled from the first movie. You already know it. Yeah. You already know it. So you have to just you can't you can't you know recork the bottle. Like it's yeah. it's already out there. Like yeah. Oof, you know. You okay. Mean? So you know that this family dies in a fire. Let the family be its own little side thing and develop a relationship with all the kids at the school and turn her into like a serial killer in the school. All yes. of a sudden, kids just start disappearing and dying okay, because yeah. they're bothering her. That, or whatever, or teachers that are being uh, mean to her, and she just and she kills them, and she's it's in the school, and she's hiding in different classrooms, and it's a classroom aesthetic. She's got to pretend to be a, a kid, but she's an adult. Like all these things. I'm so glad you said that because that reminded me of another thing I wanted to say about these two movies. In the original, she attacked children. In yeah. the sequel, she didn't. It was just the yeah. family and the and the detective. In the original, this little girl pissed her off, and she's 30, and the little girl is 9, and she tries to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, ab- and then absolutely. She like, kills the nun. She's trying to kill the brother, trying to burn the brother alive to, in his treehouse. Yeah, yeah. Like, And she's watching, like, with this thick grin on her face, which is, yeah. like, again, I, I'll give it credit, like, they're building a cool character, and like, there's some cool stuff that is happening in that first one. I don't yeah. like the presentation, but there's cool stuff there compared to this one. A lot more cool. Uh, and yeah, like, dude, it's just it's so baffling to me. What is so frustrating in the end about it is that there are still so many people that are, for whatever reason, eating up this film. It's currently sitting at a higher rating than the its predecessor on on the Roddy T's. Uh, it is not IMDb. though on IMDb. Uh, IMDb it's has not on IMDb. Thank God. The original higher, and it's perplexing to me. And I don't. Here's the thing: if you enjoy this movie, cool. I'm glad it worked for you. It, it didn't work for me at all, and a lot of different reasons why. Um, I am concerned, like that. There's a lot of people that are promoting or pumping up this movie. Uh, for false pretenses. I don't trust their, these are all subjective and opinions, but I think that it just feels swayed, like where you want this to be good. And so you're kind of telling it that it is good, even though it might not be, or you're giving it too much uh, allowances for making mistakes or things that would normally take you out of a movie. You're giving it, you're, you're grading on a curve. For it's, this one. Yeah. It's, it's literally like when you walked out of Phantom Menace and you were like, that movie was fucking awesome. And then th- two weeks later you were like, what a steaming pile of shit. Why did I think that was good two weeks ago? Because you, yeah. watch, you watched it full of anticipation and excitement and the hype train. Orphan First Kill is unfortunately not good. I'm sorry to tell you guys. No, 
no one will talk about this movie in another couple weeks or in the years to come. Like I, there's no, I, I don't believe it's hard to say. Um, people are talking about that. It did decent in, uh, cause it was playing in a couple theaters. And 498 theaters made 1.2 million. It would have. And people are saying like they want it in more theaters cause they want to make even more money. And I'm just, I'm confused. Like I, it's, I want horror to get more money. I want horror films in the genre to get more viewership, but I want to promote good horror. And I can't in good conscience and good faith tell you that this is a good representation of the genre. I think right. these, this is a highlight of things that go wrong when, especially right. when people are using an existing IP. When you're trying to, yeah, this is, a, this is a prime example of what, the bad things that can happen from milking an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're riding the coattails of of your original source material, and you're not heightening it. You're not doing something unique and different in a in a way that's creative enough and its own thing enough. You're not. Uh, and so it's just I I can't in good faith say that this is a, a worthy film. I want people to see it, make your own yeah. opinions. But for me, like this is not the film to to don't die on this mountain. <laughs> like, right, it, right. There, you know, so the, many more worthy films that should have gotten theatrical releases fresh this year would have fresh. been amazing for people to see in the theater. It got kind of like hidden on Hulu. Some people have seen it, but not a lot of people have seen it. Pray. Yeah. Pray. Pray. Yeah. Fresh. Okay. So uh, also shit. What were you just saying? Ah, you were just saying something that I was like, Oh, I can't wait for him to finish. Cause uh, I apologize. Yeah, talking okay. about we're, we're talking about the fan base. The fan base and how no. people were like like disingenuous about it, or what no. they did or didn't do. Okay. I am going. I'm just going to go ahead and agree that um, that th- these reviews seem seem totally bought, um, or or yeah, you know, you're just like, well, I love the first one, so I'm going to love the second one, um, and it's and it's unfortunate because this movie doesn't need to be in more theaters. Um, oh, we were talking about the plot to the potential, what they could have done in the school and all that. Oh, and, right, 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 right. Oh, yeah, yeah. What I was going to say was, you know, the plot twist, okay, the setup was good enough. And then the plot twist comes, and you're like, oh, well, okay, it's not as crazy and huge as the as the first one. But this is pretty good. Like, in comparison yeah. to what you had, like, last movie, this is this is not bad. Like, they killed the daughter, and they knew the whole time. Not and bad. And dark. But at that moment is when Esther should have started killing, and you could have right. crea- you could have at that time created a killing machine. We are on Esther's side now because we hate the mom and brother characters. Esther's the hero. The the slasher sometimes the slasher is the hero, and you want all the campers to die, and that is the situation you created when you revealed the yeah. twist, and then you didn't yeah. take advantage. You let it. You let it meander. You killed the 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 detective without creating any suspense. He didn't get to dust the prince. He didn't get to figure it out. He should have figured it out. Yeah, he was right where, there. Where yeah. where was the suspense? Like where where was the build up? And then and then you come to the climax where she offs the brother like he's nothing. She's on the roof. The place is on fire. She, you know, she, she knocks Julia Stiles off the roof. Yeah. 
the father is standing on the roof, and she just pushes him off, and it's two splats. I, in the... I think it, it's it's quick and shaky. I think that what happens is he's like shocked, and I think he falls. Yeah, I right. think he like he's like, uh, what is what is going on? And he just falls. Yeah, I think that because because she's like, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But even still, yeah, even it's so, so quick to, and rushed to... and. You don't enjoy like the the, the 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 terror or the breakdown or the 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 release of seeing those awful characters meet their demise, the right. mother and the brother. You don't right. get to relish any of it. The brother, you get to see some graphic violence with her taking the FA to his chest. There's some satisfaction there, but it's yeah. like kind of like a quick little cat and mouse that ends rather quick and abrupt, and it just uses the crossbow to put him in that position as sort yeah. of like a done that's why she's able to do it like and it's kind of it's not fun yeah it's it is a little bit neat to give it some credit it's fun to see her and julia styles having uh getting tossed around in the yeah. kitchen where she's just picking her up and throwing her yeah. a little bit of fun the, there the fight was not okay. a ton of fun though because it's like oh that's the other thing too the sex scene in the original nate where uh they're the, like that they kept showing the dishwasher yeah. like and like focusing on the dishwasher and then that sex scene there's like all these jump cuts like where it's like they're just like moving around the dishwasher me like there's like cut 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 i'm like what the hell am i what am i watching this is me yeah. and Lisa and, and taken going over a fence in like 20 cuts uh and then the other scene was like whenever she's getting drunk and she has the wine it's like the amateur class of how to shoot a scene where you want to show that a character is going through uh emotional despair and considering getting drunk again because it like has these like quick close-ups of the yeah. wine glass and it, like, it gets blurry and yeah. it's like it's like all right yeah i i get it guys yeah. like she's i i know that she's thinking about this if she's just standing you made it clear when she was in the store lying about right. buying it you don't need to keep showing all this imagery i understand i'm not a dummy we're having friends over <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah uh, okay oh, okay lady i've never uh, met before <laughs> inviting Man, me <laughs> there's so many ways they could have had more fun with this movie and like yeah, i agree with you 100 percent that you know get get to the get to the cut to the chase or don't even make that a twist and just have fun with her doing crazy shit and crazy a shit different i mean setting. you just put her put her in school put her somewhere yeah she's going to summer camp uh for whatever reason yeah and she's she's gonna go kill a bunch of people for whatever reason because yeah. she just wants to you, you don't get the the psychosis or the mental instability you don't they don't tell any real backstory you just see she escapes and now she's just now she's in america living this life exactly. you don't get why she's that way uh why is she a expert piano player okay she's old but was what happened before like was she raised as a as a piano great right. like or you know she's got this uh this genetic disorder or whatever yeah. it is i can't remember how they labeled it you don't get any of that. So, like, there's stuff there you could have gotten into. The tag of orphan is there's something wrong with Esther. The tag of orphan first kill is there's always been something wrong with Esther. What the, what the fuck is it? <laughs> like, uh, what, you didn't tell us. Like, okay, yeah, well, she's psychotic. Okay, we know we knew that from the first movie. Oh, she's got this weird glandular dwarfism. Okay, yeah, you, we knew that from the first movie too. Why? This is a prequel. There's always been, yeah, that's what it says on the, on the thing. Yeah, Paramount the, Plus. It's a prequel. It's called First Kill. There's apparently she's, she's already in the mental. Yeah, she's she's it, already in the mental institution. There's no, no way. Point. There's no way there's this no is first kill. first kill. Why is she the way she is? 
where and, and you those know scars come from. Those scars exist. We still don't have her backstory. This is this not. Could been, a, this could have been an origin. This could have been catch me if you can, but with a serial killer instead of uh, Frank Abagnale uh, <laughs> being a pilot and a surgeon and uh, whatever the hell else he was. This could have been. You could have had a Tom Hanks detective on her trail, and she could have just been creating false false yeah. lives and killing people in each one. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how how you make the movie better with zero effort. Zero effort. Okay. She stalks and kills all three of them slowly in the house and, and then burns it down. But while that's happening, the detective is waiting for the AICIF database to come back with the fingerprints. And, oh, it came back. But he's already close to the house, so he gets there first before backup can arrive. He goes into the house. She kills the detective, burns the house down, and the cops show up to a burning house, and she's not in there. Better movie. Done. <laughs> that movie gets a seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like they had to lead her into a position where the the illusion still exists, and she just like appears there, you know, like uh, no one figures it out. Well, she kills. That's the only reason I should... Well, when I she's know, but... when she's stalking them in the house while the detective's doing the detective right. work, she kills the she kills the brother, then the mother, and then she goes <laughs> then she goes to the to the to the husband all covered in blood with the I love you. He freaks out. You're disgusting. What did you do to my family? Starts crying. She goes, I love you. I thought you loved me too. Chat, chat, chat. Kills him. You know, in like this. That would be an easy kill. That would be the easiest kill. Because so, that, that character was super lame anyway. There's all kinds of fun things <laughs> to do. Like, uh, I'm not saying that it's uh, appropriate to discuss uh, menstruation in a movie. Like, But like, you know, she's of age where it, maybe she menstruates, maybe she doesn't, but, like, you could have had, like, a really grossed-out, like, funny, like, scene where, like, she needs those products or, like, whatever, and someone, but she's, like, nine, and then, like, there's an adult or, like, the mother, the brother or the, the father, like, wait, what? I, I don't want to ask, but I should ask, but I don't, I don't know how to deal with this right now. Like, I mean, it could have yeah. been, like, something. Sure. Uh, but, but, no, dude, so the the one thing I wanted to mention, the detective, the other the other thing about the detective she Julia Stiles shows up, finishes the job with all these uh, these bullets to the chest. The way that they tie this up, aside from throwing him in the well, which might be where Esther is, I'm just gonna write a quick email, dear boss. I am taking a sabbatical effective immediately. Find the detective. And I'm like, what? That's it? That's all it took? You, yeah. I covered, the, yep. The, yep. I covered my covered tracks. Red, I can co- the, co- the, cops will, the cops will not investigate the disappearance of this no. detective. No. <laughs> I read his emails. <laughs> he, he types and, and alliterates exactly like this. He signs things as a detective. Yeah, exa- they exactly. They will never that's, suspect anything. That's what I'm saying. That's why the detective should have found out and created some kind of suspense in in revealing or catching, once again, that also puts Julia Stiles against him because she doesn't want her shit um, disrupted either. So they could have done so much more with him, not even the thing that I just made up yeah. off the top of my head. Literally. Well, they could have, <laughs> like, the detective could have been not been a part of the story. They could have just like somehow uncovered that the mother knows. And then Esther could have been like, okay, well, guess what? 
And because clearly they're playing the angle that Esther is really frustrated and annoyed with all of the ways that the mother is just displaying her. You're pink's your favorite color now. You're gonna wear pink all the time. You're gonna do this all the time, and blah 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 blah, and like controlling right. her life. And she's like, I hate this now. She could have then been like, okay, well, guess what? I'm going to kill everyone around you in the most horrific way. And now you're going to have to cover up all of these deaths yeah. because if you don't, you, we're all, hey, we're all going down together. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. and she could have just been like going on a spree and Julia Stiles was like, I got to cover up this one. How am I going to cover up this one? And like going around hiding bodies, the well, it just fills, 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 fills. They're overflowing <laughs> the top. Like it could have been all this insanity. You're right. But, but no, they, 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 and they're they gonna go all the way. And they th- and they just throw them away in the end. They literally fall. Two people, two people falling off a building in the exact same way yeah. within seconds of each other. Come on, what a fucking! That's like blowing up a bunch of characters in a car. Like what a waste of characters. <laughs> you blow up one person in a car. You got more than one person in the car. It's a waste. <laughs> <laughs> It's like uh, killing. It's like killing Britney Snow with an alligator. What the fuck? <laughs> like what a waste. <laughs> she could have died way cooler than that. Yeah, I mean, same with same with Jackson Hole. Uh, Kid Cudi with the shotgun was a bit uh, under service, I thought. Yeah, but the only thing that made them meaningful and neat and interesting was the foreshadowed elements that happened earlier in the film and that's sort of like a sure, sure, an sure. artful touch with them going out in that you, fashion you so know I you know you know what you know what i think they should do much. you know what i think they should do and i hope i think they've they've already shot the movie so they can't do it um and it would have been neat if they did do it you know how like american horror st- like american horror story and all that shit um uses the same cast if yeah. if the entire cast of X was in Pearl, playing different characters instead of just me instead of just yeah. Mia Goth, that would be sweet. Like I would yeah, I would sure, sign up for that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is just Mia Goth because I yeah. remember uh, in an interview with Ty West uh, and he was talking about it where he they had like delays with getting the footage out of the country or getting developed and so they had extra time where they were I think it was New Zealand think uh yeah. and so they were like he cast her and she was willing to stick around for another month or so oh cool uh man you know it's uh it's unfortunate it's still entertaining but there's dude like we came up with so many other things that could have been done to this film that would have made it infinitely more entertaining and in the end like yeah this isn't like a serious movie this isn't this is a ridiculous plot a ridiculous premise uh, so just embrace that and go all out with it, you know? I right. mean, none of the, what happened in Malignant made sense, but it knew it, and it was done in such a way that it was hilarious. Like, that's just the most recent sort of intentionally B-movie that had fun and was over the top and was just a, a popcorn, cram your face, have fun with this action horror like So yeah, that's, that's the way I think of it, but man... So- so, it's so disappointing. If you go to the if you go to the credits and you look yeah. at if you look at where this movie came from, um, the director uh, William Brent Bell, he his only real credits. I mean, he's he, he's directed a handful of movies. Are like The Boy and The Boy Two. Oh right, right, right. So so they're like, oh, this guy has directed you know little children that kill people. Let's get him to direct this movie. Sure. Okay, so so that I mean I I guess I follow the logic there. But then you look at the writer and he has 
pretty much just TV credits. Mm-hmm. He wrote a movie called Prey, but I it was it was not the Prey that just came out. <laughs> it looks like a made for yeah. sci. It looks like a made for sci-fi movie. Yeah, sci-fi. Yeah. Haunting yeah. in Connecticut. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. So two. like haunting. Yeah, staff writer on Scream the Series. I mean, Scream the Series was actually pretty good, but, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know. Like, w- this movie did not have, uh, you know, the original writer, uh, didn't have the original director. Um, all it had was was Isabella Furman. And, and once again, that's the only reason to watch the movie. Yeah, I mean... It's it's serviceable if you want like just a very middle middle of the road um, story where it's like yeah it's kind of on but you're not really paying attention. There's a couple parts that'll draw your eye and they're entertaining, but uh, overall just below average in the end. Like and I hate saying that because I wanted it to be good and I would love to be able to find redeeming qualities, but there's not enough to put it even over the 50th percentile. It needs to stay below it. It, yeah, it, it doesn't to. do enough what it should do. Um, but it's extremely popular. If it is going to go in theaters, like, yeah, sure, go see in the theaters. I hope it works for you. Um, I think that we've, you know, <laughs> it's it's just a weird thing. Like, there's you can't get into all the minutiae of it without spoiling it, and um, you can't tell someone to not see it from the start. Like, I... It's worth it's worth watching, but I you know I don't think that most people are gonna enjoy it. But so far, you know, they're proving me wrong on the on the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, which is fine if people are into it, then great. But I mean, I I don't I don't get it. I'm not uh I'm not there with them. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I agree. So uh, with that being said, uh, I gave uh, Orphan First Kill a five. Um, and that is with a generosity one-point bump. Uh, and the original Orphan, I gave an eight. Um, Rodney? Uh, so Orphan First Kill is sitting at a five for me, and uh, the original Orphan sits at a, uh, a four for me. Tra- tragedy. That's a tragedy. Um Dude. <laughs> like, okay, so the big, the, the bigger, the, real quick, the other bigger things that I really just like, um, they murder this nun, uh, and that's a kind of a cool scene, but like, that daughter, the, the deaf daughter, would be, uh, really disturbed and very different in a way that would be concerning to the parents had she actually witnessed that. Oh, yeah, the, the, uh, the behavior. And, the, and no one, like, puts two and two together the, the the nurse comes and says wherever she goes bad things happen this happened this happened this happened they're like eh, i mean it's uh do you, is it really oh please show up yeah she died right down the road <laughs> and, and the father i think it's scars guards like do you have any idea what happened i'm like whoa what are you talking about what do you she just what do you think happened yeah Oh my god, like and if and if it wasn't that, then there's a murderer <laughs> right down your road and yeah. you're just like, Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Scars I, I actually just watched it like a few hours ago. And Scarsgard was like uh he goes, uh he goes, 
Man, that's so awful. Who would do something like that? Not my daughter that yeah, I that I that I've had for funny. a week. I know. Uh he's like, you know, he ended up Yeah, it's yeah. uh He fights very it's, hard it's not for, for me. He does fight very hard for her. Okay, so with, with so much time left, um, Rodney and I uh, discussed maybe doing some some headlines with you guys. So I think uh, I think we're gonna try it because we got, I mean, we got plenty of time. We, we yeah, we, there's no uh, there's no rules to to our time, but we want time. to fill but some more time with having some fun. Some uh, du- so I guess well, you want to mention the. Um, the the malignant related news uh i'll let you do that let me let me kick it off though with uh yeah because i got something i got something um because there's there's a lot to talk about here um uh wednesday comes out uh soon right Yeah, yeah, yeah uh it is a uh a television probably drama or dramedy um it's not a film it is a series or is um, it a I think it is a series. Okay. I'm, I'm fairly right, certain on. it's a series. Let's let's yep. pretend it is a series. No, it's definitely a series. It's definitely a series. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> directed by Tim Burton. Now, so here's the point of contention, right? Like, Tim Burton, for me, you know, early career, great. Middle career, meh, late career, pretty awful. Um, so... Not excited about that. What I am excited about is this is a Tim Burton project that doesn't star Helena Bottom Carter or Johnny Depp. <laughs> so, so maybe he'll actually, you know, do something good. Um, so Wednesday, we all know the Adams family. Uh, you know, there was a TV show. It was originally a comic book, and of course, a cartoon, and then a couple of movies um, where Christopher Lloyd played, uh, you know. Cousin It, right? Or was he... Yeah, he was Cousin It. No, he was Uncle Fester. Oh, he was Uncle Fester. That's right. He was Uncle Fester. Um, so, what's uh, what's new and big about Wednesday is that it's about Wednesday um, and how she gets bumped from school to school to school and she eventually finds like this private school that works for her and in a very Harry Potter, Vampire, Vampire Diaries-esque uh, secluded school for rich weirdos, <clears throat> she, you know, she finds a home and blah 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 the cast um everyone is uh latino or latina hispanic descent and the internet was like how dare you cast luis guzman as as uh gomez adams i don't gomez. know gomez i'll say that again gomez yes I, I i would like to say uh did raul julia was puerto rican <laughs> Like, nobody complained about that for two movies that, you know, like, whether love him or hate him, they were watched by millions and millions and millions of people in very popular films. Yeah, um, they <laughs> helped to solidify my interest in a passion for horror and spooky elements in films. Like, it adds to, as a youth growing up, that those films were fun and were set in a, a horror-type environment that, like, you know, it's like Halloween and October yeah. and fall. It helps. As a kid, that was, like, next to Christmas. That was the funnest time of the goddamn year for me because it was, like, all the fun excitement of, like, so many things. Not to, uh, not so, to mention, yeah, 
not to, not to mention developing a crush on Christina Ricci and realizing that I love goth girls. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. Developing sure. a goth kink, yeah, was uh, <laughs> like it's so, a subgenre on uh, on the hubs for a reason, you know. Right. So back to Wednesday, we have Catherine Zeta-Jones playing Morticia, who I think will do a phenomenal job in that role, just knowing the character and and you know having seen the actress's range. Um, but the big casting decision that I am excited about, and the whole reason I even want to talk about this, is Jenna Ortega is playing Wednesday, who has become my new horror crush since um, since Samara Weaving decided to do this HBO show and stop being in horror movies, although she is in Scream 6. Um, Jenna Ortega has kind of taken the reins. She's been in so many uh, big horror movies over the last few years and is now the star of, of this uh, Tim Burton television series. Um, and if you watch the trailer, which I don't really watch trailers, but because it was a TV show, I made an exception. Right. An exception. Uh, I mean, she just kills it. She like From this trailer alone, I, I'm excited about this sh- Tim Burton show that normally I would be not interested in it at all. Yeah, I mean, it looks uh, like it's going to be pretty fun. So we'll yeah. see. And I mean, there's there's gore in the trailer. Um, she uh, this the great the greatest scene in the trailer. She walks into the swim team's practice, and they stop and they call her a freak. And she says, "Nobody bullies my brother but me." And she dumps two bags of piranha into the pool. And as one of them's getting out, his his uh, below the belt region gets shredded by these piranhas. And I mean, it, the pool turns red real fast um so you know that that to me signals you know a good sign for for things to come with this show yeah all right yeah Rod. it's it'd be exciting uh christina Ricci's also going to be in it i don't know what character she's going to play or whatever but she must be probably she'll probably be like one of the i think she'll be a, a teacher or headmistress or at the school yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I was so, I was hoping she'd play Morticia, but they went with all all Hispanic, which is which is great. So I've got a couple shorter type ones. I don't want to go into too crazy. One of them is uh, so it was recently um, there's a film coming out this fall, uh, Barbarian. Uh, it was news to me, but I the re I saw a couple people posting uh, clips of it because it was at a festival I think not long ago. Uh, might have been at, damn, where might it have been? There was something that just happened, made like South by Southwest or somewhere where people have been seeing it, whether they got screeners or something to that effect. It's been out there and people are talking about it. Uh, and specifically, there was one um, person in the biz, uh, Joe Russo, not of the Russo brothers and their fame and fortune through uh Avengers and Infinity War and all that other crap. Uh this is the non MCU Joe Russo. Who uh again Joe Russo is also the, the asinine person that was like equating their need to make garbage films is why people can make everything everywhere all at once. They need to make their stuff so that people get money to make that. Anyways. So this guy tweeted uh and said how Barbarian is this year's malignant. And very clearly, to me, that's a 
clarion call uh, because, as you may or may not know, Nate and I both rated Malignant as the top film of 2021 for a lot of different reasons, but just fun, insane, over-the-top. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. Like it was. Once again, I have to say that it was probably the Nighthouse, but I just, yeah, I just, I just had so much fun watching *Malignant* that I couldn't, I couldn't give up the spot. Uh, It was, yeah, it was so insane. I think about that sometimes too. It's like, you know, it's 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 a different kind of thing. It's it's what's fun about the genres that there are there are movies on opposite ends of the spectrum that are still in the same universe, but are just you you go into and you leave with very different moods and feelings. Uh, and I, I'm like reticent to even look into anything about this movie barbarian. And to, sometimes that's to my, to, to my own uh, uh, plight. Like it does bite me sometimes where it's like, I don't look into something. I just have heard a little blip like that. That happened with um shit. What did that happen with movies that we've reviewed before? Uh, Scary of 61st. People right. were talking about it on Twitter. I was like, "Oh, we gotta watch this garbage." Uh, I, I I still enjoyed it. It was no, no, not. No, it no, was no, definitely no. not. No, it, it was definitely it, not it, good. It was not good. Shit, <laughs> shit. I think you. I think you were seduced by the female leads like eating each other out. Uh, so, shit like that. Um, the uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. People talking about it and like did oh. not work for me. Oh my and then God. the other one we watched at uh, Take Back the Night. People were like, "Oh my, this is a voice." And it's like I think I was harsher on it than you were. You, you were. But, I I kind of enjoyed Take uh, Take Back the Night. No uh, means no, motherfucker. No means no, motherfucker. That's a fucking <laughs> line. That's like. Yeah, that's, that's right uh, out of a, that's right out of an Arnold movie, man. You right, but I'm laughing <laughs> at it. They 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 think they're cute and they're just stupid. So right. anyways, uh, so we're, we're talking about Barbarian still, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so anyways, so I didn't look into anything about those films. There's stuff people were talking about them. They got high praise from a certain group of people in the that critique the genre and know the genre of horror and and where its place is. And so like you go into things because people recommend that, and sometimes you're disappointed. Those three films for me were huge disappointments. So I'm hoping that I can trust Joe Russo, uh, who also co-hosts or is contributing to the uh, to Mick Garrett's uh, pod, uh, the uh, postmortem pod that's on uh, Dread Central, I believe. So he's he's he knows horror, he knows the genre, he cares about it, he celebrates it. Um, I'm really hoping that he is astutely observing that this film could be that because it makes me makes me kind of pumped up but again i haven't even looked at the description of what the film's about and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna watch the trailer well i do i do like i do like bill skarsgård and justin long they're both in the movie um i don't know i don't know who georgina campbell is written and directed by zach Kreger from uh from whitest kids you know um that's interesting uh i i love whitest kids and um i also love it when movies are written and directed by the same person because you know um unless you have some studio up your ass your vision generally doesn't get compromised so yeah. um, I'm, I'm hoping are, that I'm those are all good that, signs <laughs> for that, Barbarian that be being slow, good. That'll be slow jerking on the way home for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, all right. What else we got? We got um, October sixth is the official date for Terrifier two. We knew it was coming out this year. It has a release date. Um, I've, I've seen the first Terrifier. I've, fucking love the terrifier and i cannot wait 
for Terrifier now, 2. Now, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at this as like, uh, like an orphan situation here. I have a feeling that, that this is like orphan. So, so Terrifier one, when you do watch as it, as far as you being really into it and no. me not going to be into it, I don't know. Terrifier one is way more of your classic, uh, slasher. And, uh, yeah. you, you get introduced to the villain right away and the movie unroll, uh, you know, unravels and he just kills everybody. And that's the movie. Um, so, there's not much more. Spoiler than, alert. Yeah, there's, there's not much more <laughs> going on. Um, like, I mean, I imagine that was going to be a, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Terrifier 2 is probably more of the same, and if it's if it's anything like Terrifier 1, I think Terrifier was unique in that uh, the villain was, was, yeah, he was a clown, but he was also, like, he didn't really look like a clown. It's more like a clown-mime hybrid. Sure. But um, he is... The kills are all very uh, unique and kind of fantastical. In fact, one of the kills is is why you watch Terrifier is why you talk about Terrifier, this one kill in the movie. So hopefully we'll get the same thing from uh, Terrifier 2. Uh, so real quick, how do you feel? The, new, uh, the other news that recently is coming out is that uh, the film releasing on October 14th. Uh, Halloween ends. Correct. However, Nate, I don't know if you'll notice, but on the posters and the new the promotional materials that are being released, uh, it's going to be in theaters and on streaming the same day, which is its own thing. Uh, but it's just the, the, the poster art is just saying ends. It's just a photo of Michael and of Lori, and the, the word ends is there. Not Halloween ends, October 14th. Just right. ends. ends. Hmm. This October. Like, like it just, like... And it's kind of like taking the wind out of the sails, I think, because like it's like no, Halloween ends is like kind of saying that together is is the whole point. What are you doing? What do you, yeah. what do you, who are the ad wizards that came up with this one? Well, I I think maybe let me just do a little search here. I think they might be trying to allude to something. Uh, let's see what David Gordon Green has coming up. No, he just has The Exorcist and the Hellraiser TV series. Um, so if oh, you didn't, you didn't maybe, like a re- it, or no, I, I, I heard that the Halloween 2018 trilogy is actually four movies. I heard that it got, it got oh. greenlit first. So Halloween ends actually isn't the end and, and there is no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I'm not Halloween and Michael Myers will always be near and dear to my heart as being like what really got me into the genre, but you cannot do that. Do not do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you look it up, it's just saying ends. This Halloween, like okay. a lot of the new stuff, you can see the stuff where they did Halloween ends, but now it's just like they're focusing on we're just going to write the word ends, and it's weird. Oh Like yeah. it makes me, it makes me like concerned. Like, wait, is evil going to die tonight? Yeah, <laughs> I, need, I, I need, I need to know. Well, um, okay. Well, I mean, so Halloween kills at the end. I mean, they confirmed that it's paranormal, right? Like. He, there's no way he survives the kill, the killing by the mob, as a, as an actual human. So, how does evil die? Right, the supernatural the, element. Right. Yeah, he has to. There has to be something like. And oh, we knew that from the beginning. We knew that from the very first one. Yeah. Seventy-eight. Uh, like we knew it was supernatural. That's why it was so fearful, you know. But like, right. yeah, they're hiding it, and so like, yes, what does ending mean? How is it really going to end? Uh, we've went through this before when we talked about Halloween Kills. 
which was fun, uh, but it is a bit hokey, you know, like, but you kind of just have to enjoy it. There's moments that are stupid. I don't like the, the mob aspect of it, really. It's kind of, you know, hokey, <laughs> but it's enjoyable. Uh, real quick, little rapid fire news. Uh, sure. Did you see uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Is Got getting a video life. game? Yeah, and the guys that made the original movie are a part of this new uh, story in the game. Really? Yeah, they're a part of it. The uh, Chiodos brothers, I think. Okay. Uh, and so they're in part of the conversation, and that's exciting. I think they're doing a new uh, attraction at Universal, and which I saw a trailer for that. That looked cool. And now there's going to be a new video game. I'm excited that I think that this might mean if that kind of media gets well received, perhaps they will make another movie. Killer Clowns for me is like a classic oh, camp movie. Such a classic. I think I watched it more than than anything else growing up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, like Killer Clowns from Outer Space was like, I mean, the popcorn that turned into the monsters in the laundry basket. <laughs> The cotton candy, the cotton candy gun. They stick, in to stick get the, the blood. Yeah, they they drink the blood from the crazy straws. The, There's so many cool gags. So many, yeah, um, yeah. I just I just love Killer Clowns. I, even even coming down to the uh, to the the how they win, like how they kill the the monster yeah, giant clown. He pops the nose with the with his badge. Like, yeah, yeah, you uh, start with the sheriff's badge. I mean, it it was, I yeah, mean, just fantastic the whole way through. Huge for the spaceship that they the came spaceship. in on. Yeah, yeah. It's wild, and it just yeah, and it starts where they're on an overlook, and they see it. It's so many, so many classic, uh, tropey type things that are just done in such a fun, campy way. What a great movie. Um, yeah. so that's exciting. Uh, and then yeah, I didn't have a whole lot else. Uh, I guess there's all this. Uh, kerfuffle going on with um with streaming and you know with Batgirl being canned and then all kinds of other uh, IPs at Warner Brothers with this guy taking over as CEO and just like cutting and running with a lot of uh, different art that people have like labored over for the past several years that are just never going to see the light of the day because it's easier for them to just write it off and take it as loss and oh and, as opposed and, to finish it. Yeah, it, well, it was finished as opposed to releasing it and possibly really? making money. Yeah, like the Batgirl, yeah. the one with uh, Michael Keaton and this girl, like the original Michael Keaton was in playing Batman in it. Like, it's just done. Like, it will and never see the light of day. not coming out. Not coming out. They, they, they Was it a show? Planned. It was a movie. It was a movie. Batgirl. Yeah, it was 100% done. It was done. Yeah. It's got, like, people of color and, um, uh, and different, uh, like ethnic directors that like are like you know like I think there's Muslim uh, guys who are in charge of so like there's always like potential like okay there's these white CEOs that are doing something and so people are suspect of that but it's just in general it's the idea that a company that obviously has a bottom line is going to make decisions based upon a bottom line not necessarily the art form and so it's just a cons- it's it's a you know, it's not I'm not saying it's a canary in a coal mine but it's something that's there that just heightens the uh, a few things. There's a divide there uh, right now between uh, our ability to stream whatever media that we want uh, and versus owning physical media. Like right. that's a real thing. If you can own physical media of things that you know and love, you really should. It helps support yeah. the people that made that, and you have it now to relive whenever you want. At any moment, like we've seen between all these different services—Paramount, Netflix, 
Hulu, HBO, Amazon Prime. Things come and go. Uh, and sometimes they go forever. And there's certain things yeah. that just are never uploaded. And so it's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's a weird time. If you want to enjoy the art, you really have to grab physical copies of it. Honestly, because most things are rentable on Prime Video, I'm like yeah. very close to just canceling all my streaming services and just like yeah, rent, I know renting on Prime Video when I have to watch something for the show. I've been something something that. I can't see in theaters anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I will always see in theaters if there's a release like that. If it's that's an option, yeah. Too. yeah. Which uh, I guess can bring us to a close to a close. Um, yeah. For so next week. Next week uh, because we were complaining last week. Yes. I was at least. Yes, I was complaining too. Bodies, bodies, bodies didn't come to our towns, um, but it is in both of our town theaters, and will be the subject of next week's episode. Yes. So for better or worse, we will be discussing that. I'm hoping. I, I mean, look, A24. I, I know you have hesitations with. Uh, with I am. With, I'm going to uh, willingly watch something with Pete Davidson in it. Yeah. <laughs> but only because it's A24. So, I mean, A24 there was, is good for something. There was a, there was a recent uh, little snafu also that occurred uh, related to bodies uh, because uh, there was a uh, uh, film critic that mentioned something and had a DM exchange with one of the actresses, and it was posted uh, in a public setting, and it just Ooh. highlighted it, and... Uh, then this critic decided to put a post on uh, talk or Instagram about like really like humble brag and speaking from this annoyingly privileged position, but with zero awareness of that, like she's uh, pontificating about why she's just amazing at what she does. Like some people are just naturally good film critics. Like I didn't do any scrolling for it, but like, I'm just naturally gifted. I know what I'm talking about. And it's, proven because i got published on the new york times when i was 24 and it's like if you look behind that it's like well your dad runs the new york times or works at the new york times so that's why you got published on the fucking page at 24 without any credentials so are you aware of that <laughs> it's a little thing just, yeah and it was all related to bodies bodies so hopefully we can enjoy the film uh i think which i think uh, i'm looking forward to i i don't know i mean it's day 24 uh a 24 it's a, rarely it, missed a 24 party slasher i mean the setup is fine like how many party slashers are bad like i mean even bad ones are still like fives or sixes like they're they're still fun to watch and yeah you know you get some good comedy this puts itself in the horror comedy genre Ooh, party uh, slashers, yeah so like um so it's already not going to take itself seriously. It'll be very like genre referential, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, I mean, what's the most recent one that I can think of that fits in that genre? I don't know if Ready or Not fits as a party uh, slasher, but it kind of does. Like, yeah, I mean, there's right. a gathering of people and like an event, and it yeah. feels like the, that a little bit. If they're all <laughs> in the house for the whole movie, I mean, for mostly yeah. the whole, you know, practically right. the whole movie. I mean, and that's very fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a that was a great movie. Lots of fun. Yeah. Loved the ending. What a fantastic ending. Yeah. I got to rewatch it. it <laughs> All right. For episode four of the podcast for the recently deceased, I'm Nate Roberts. I'm Rodney Godek. Take care. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>